Welcome to Coffee and Catholics, a Catholic women's talk show podcast. I'm Stacy, one of your hosts, and with me I have... Hi, I'm Alicia. I'm Annie. And I'm Lauren. Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Catholics. If you've been following the last couple of episodes, a few episodes ago we talked about social justice teaching in the Catholic Church... Our last episode was over relativism and truth. So today we'll be taking that social justice lens and looking at our role through solidarity when accompanying those individuals that are in the transgender community. So we've been discussing the book Made for Love by Father Mike Schmitz. And we've just kind of been uh, breaking it out in several different episodes and applying it to our discussion on truth. And now we're going to take a deeper look at it um, in our discussion today. There is a quote about truth in this book. And what we discussed about last time about how important truth is, but it's even more important uh, when you're discussing truth about the body and about how the nature of the body and the nature of the soul. Father Mike says, if your body is not an essential part of who you are, then you can use it however you want, like a tool. But if your body is a vital aspect of who you are, then what you do with your body matters. And right out of the gate, we wanted to share this quote from a section of Amoris Laetitia, I hope I said that right, that will help sort of set the stage for the conversation that we're going to have Um, in terms of how we accompany individuals in the transgender community. And for those of you who aren't Catholic but still listen to our podcast, this is an encyclical from Pope Francis. Number 56 of Amoris Laetitia says, Yet another challenge is posed by the various forms of an ideology of ginger that denies the difference and reciprocity in nature of a man and a woman and envisages a society without sexual differences. And then he goes on to say a little later in the quote towards the end, it needs to be emphasized that biological sex and and the socio-cultural role of sex, gender, can be distinguished but not separated. It is one thing to be understanding of human weakness and the complexities of life, and another to accept ideologies that attempt to sunder what are inseparable aspects of reality. Let us not fall into the sin of trying to replace the Creator. We are creatures and not omnipotent. Creation is prior to us and must be received as a gift. At the same time, we are called to protect our humanity, and this means, in the first place, accepting it and respecting it as it was created. And I think it's important, too, when we're starting this conversation, Father Mike talks about this in his book also, about how, as Christians, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, even our the social justice episodes, about how, as Christians, we view a human as a body soul composite so we're also looking at this from that aspect so just like Lauren said if you don't view a human as a body soul composite and your body doesn't matter then it's just a tool Mm -hmm. for 
And so, but we are going to be discussing this topic with the understanding in our conversation that we are viewing the human person as a body-soul composite. So all of the comments that we're going to be having today have those two aspects of being a human united. Maybe you guys can straighten this out for me because I have a hard time understanding um, with with a quote with Pope Francis saying that, you know, when your body, or I'm sorry, Father Mike, when your body doesn't matter, um, you know, you can do what, what, what with it what you will. But when it comes to transgender individuals, the body very much matters to them mm-hmm. because their, their perception of who they are and how their body is is that their body is wrong, that it doesn't conform with who they are as a person on the inside. And therefore, it's so important that they must change. Well, I think that's the point he's trying to make, that if your body is important, then you can't do whatever you want with it. I see, I see. Yeah. And coming from the lens of the belief that gender and sex are two separate things. This is what's the prevalent and the current prevailing ideology of our society. And maybe not in every corner, but in, in, a, significant enough, in a significant enough amount of human beings, blessed, beautiful human beings, this is a thought process that my gender and my biological sex are two different things. Well, and I think a lot of where that's separation is kind of coming from too is that our society puts gender characteristics on material things oh that's that's something that a girl likes or that's something that a boy is supposed to like and this is if you're a girl you're supposed to like these types of things and if you're a boy you're supposed to like these types of things and this is a conversation I've even had to have with my own children because my kids have a wide variety of interests and I try to tell them I was like while society might say that pink is a girl's color if you really look back in history it was originally a boy's color those types of things kind of kind of change and and even then is pink even pink doesn't have a gender it doesn't have a sex it's it's not a living thing our society is putting these gender terms to inanimate objects so then when we start thinking about ourselves we can that can distort our view on ourselves that our body is also an inanimate object that we can do what we want with it and so i just i think that's something we have to consider that these young men or young women who are thinking that their body isn't right might have been told all those things that you like and, it could be, and not everybody's journey is different but some of those things you know, like I said I've had to have these conversations with my own children just because my son likes to sew or likes to read about princesses doesn't make him a girl it just means that he those are his interests and, and that's okay my little girl is climbing fences with the little boys in her co-op and running and galloping like a horse through the fields doesn't mean that she has boyish interests you know these are things that we've done these societal constructs about interests and things like you said inanimate objects take on their own nature because they get assigned to certain genders 
and that it can be easy to relegate your body to being one of those things that can be, you know, assigned a gender, so to speak. Um, even if you recognize, and this is what I'm, and the individuals in my life that I've talked to are deeply aware that there's that sex is a biological fact. They wouldn't deny that if you, you know, I had a friend say, that's science, of course. Of course I'm a biological female. What I'm not is a gendered female. I feel that I am, my gender is male. And again, we see that separation there uh, between the two. That relates back to what you're saying, that at some point we've decided that we can decide these things individually or, or they, can, they can be deconstructed from the human soul. And that's all, again, just part of that move toward that, that postmodern idea of the human being. And I think we should also distinguish that we're not talking about biological instances when there is a confusion of what gender, like the child is born and they are not sure what gender the child is. Oh, no. These are, these are, these are So these, yeah. are, these are choices that people are making with their bodies to change from one sex to another. Or even just to identify or as identify. a different gender, yeah. even if you don't make changes mm-hmm. to the body. Just the, the concept. So, And the reason why we're laying all this groundwork, it's not because we think we know, it's not that any of us individually have walked this path or that we understand what individuals transgender individuals what that journey is like personally none of us have Um, we all love individuals who are on this journey Um, we are all somewhat aware of it but we do not at any rate want to put ourselves out as having some sort of expertise as knowing all there is to know about this we don't know (laughs) anything except what we believe the Lord has instructed us to know about the nature of the human being. And our whole desire of this show is not to crunch down and deconstruct the ideology. Our desire with this episode is to ask ourselves and each other and you, how do we accompany these individuals and minister and and befriend and support and and be Christ to transgender individuals and how do we have discussions about it how do we handle these things that are so can be so divisive in family and friend groups and doing those things while staying in line with church teaching absolutely and so this is one reason why we want to look at this through the social justice lens because all of us made in the image of God have dignity our bodies our souls as that body soul composite we have a God given human dignity and so how are we supposed to how are we supposed to traverse this terrain with each other and still show love to each other i think that's the thing and we've been talking about this through several of the episodes that we can disagree we can have conversations without being offended all the time so how do we walk with people that we feel are individuals that we feel who challenge us how do we walk with them and still love them and we talked about how we look through the lens of solidarity. So what is solidarity again? 
Catholic social teaching. The Catholic social teaching principle of solidarity is about recognizing others as our brothers and sisters and actively working for their good. I think that's so important to recognize that it's not actively working for what they think is good for them or what what we you know what they what we feel is good but what is actually good and also if we go back to the episode on relativism and truth i think it's also it's a journey where we are nurturing we we talked about that nurturing loving journey now again being loving and nurturing does not mean without constructive criticism or challenging each other or helping with growth you know i think that's again where we start to have issues is everybody thinks they have to fight because on about this because they have different views about it but we can have different views and we have different perceptions without getting angry with each other I think we're talking about, you know, how do we walk alongside people who have gender dysphoria, who want to transition, who um, really disagree with where we're coming from. And a lot of people who experience gender dysphoria and accept it as who they are, um, they look at Catholic teaching on this and it is something that they very much get offended by because when when you're talking, and I've heard this said by many um, many people who experience transgender, gender dysphoria, and who identify as transgender, that because it's something that there it is their identity, they identify as is their identity. When you come at it saying, you know, that your idea of yourself doesn't conform to reality, it really hits home hard, mm-hmm. and it hurts mm-hmm. because having experiencing gender dysphoria. Again, listening to people who have experienced it is an incredibly painful thing. Um, they describe it as something that's very confusing. Um, I think it's what among transgender people, um, the suicide rate is about 40%. Um, and even after transition, um, it remains the same. And so there's a lot of heartache within that community. There really is. And so, um, what you guys are talking about is it just a general sense, like coming at coming at the the, the topic with love in mind, being non-judgmental, um, you know, walking with them, being there with them. We'll go more into detail about that. That is so important. And going with what you just said, I want to read First um, Corinthians twelve twenty six. If one member suffers, mm-hmm. all suffer with it. If one member is honored all rejoice together with it that's the other thing about the solidarity is we are called to relationship with each other and we are called to build these relationships and in our connected humanity we are to strive to try to understand what life is like for others who are the most overlooked the most vulnerable the most the most suffering so we are supposed to try to help heal each other. Mm-hmm. And is that sometimes I think when we think that we have to do it all on our own, I have to make all these choices on my own, and I'm walking alone, and you can feel so isolated. And our society, our society honestly, does not help 
when people are making negative comments to people about how they dress or how they look or I mean, we even talked about this last time about bo our body matters that's why when somebody comments negatively about our body it hurts mm -hmm. and I know we have that that little saying as kids is sticks and stones break my bones but words will never hurt me but words do hurt and there has to be healing with that so the so people who are dealing with dysphoria of any type their pain is our pain and we need to love to love means to suffer with yes. and so we are supposed to be walking with them in this journey and even if they make choices that we don't agree with that does not mean that we abandon them we still walk with them and are there to listen and to be christ to them if we are the people of the cross as we say we are um, that we have to be people who are governed by mercy. And mercy seeks out the lowest point. It's like water. And as Christians, and especially as Catholics, we can no longer afford to shove this under the rug, to turn the other way, to give it only a cursory glance. We need to meet it head on. We need to sit with it. We need to dive into its depths. We need to link arms with the transgender community and with the LGBTQ community as well, in terms of, now notice I did not say accept every single thing and every aspect of someone's ideology, but we do need to link arms with this community and sit down with them and listen and learn how to help this marginalized community, whether that's a self-isolation, a self-imposed isolation or a self-imposed marginalization, I don't know, that's probably, as individual as the person themselves, that situation. But it is in fact the case that with a 40% suicide rate, someone is being neglected. This is a community that has no idea how vital and necessary and loved and beloved they are. And if you are listening to this and you struggle with gender dysphoria, if you identify as transgender, my number one message to you, our number one message to you is how loved and needed and necessary you are to this world right now the time that you were born in this society please hang on you are loved there's support here father mike says there is no us and them it is only we and i love that you said that we need to suffer with each other because that's a theme that has gone all over this podcast through almost every episode we talk about the need to stand at the foot of the cross with each other and bear each other's crosses with each other and just be there. Because I think I think the reason why we don't do this, honestly, as a church is because we're scared. Uh, we know that the truth that we believe is not going to feel good. It doesn't. There's no way to pretty that up. And I think that's where our mistake is. I think when we try to make truth when we try to take someone's pain away by like sugarcoating or dancing around or not talking about the issue because it might make them sad, these are all ways that we actually invalidate people's experience. I think we need to stop trying to make it easy and we need to start showing up. Well, and I think we also worry as a church that if we start embracing people for who they are, that that means that we're going to embrace them the way society embraces them. Yeah, that's with her unconditional and, acceptance. And, yeah, and of so, the idiot. Yes, yeah. 
And so I think that that's important that we're not saying that, you know, we, we have to be accepting of all the ideology, but we have to be accepting of the person because we are all a part of Christ's body. Even, even those who don't haven't even heard of Christ yet, God still made them. They still have purpose. They mm-hmm. still have their li- their lives have value. So even if somebody is non-Christian, and, and we do have to look at different views because, like I said at the beginning, there are other worldviews about mind-body composites. But as Christians, we believe that the mind and or not the mind, the soul, the spirit, and the body are one, and we also believe that we are all part of Christ's family. So we're all connected. You're the hand, he's the foot, she's the hip, they're the nose. We are all connected. And when one hurts, the whole body hurts. Mm-hmm. So, And I do think that's why it's this type of conversation needs to happen in terms of specifically, like we've, we have definitely said, we've affirmed what it is that the church teaches. Mm-hmm. And that's incredibly important but also how to walk with people who are experiencing this um, or having this experience because the world is really good at saying, you know, you are accepted here. And that's why I think so many people in the transgender community don't seek out church. They don't seek out God because the world is accepting them for exactly who they are, where they're at right now. We need to do the same. We need to do better at doing the same, Mm -hmm. but we need to also affirm the truth for them. And I think I think we've talked a lot about like the generalizations, which I think are really good, but how practically can we walk with people? It's really hard. It's a conversation like how do you talk to someone? How 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 do you say, Hey, I want to be here, I want to live with you, I want to work with you, I want to walk next to you, I want to hear about your struggles, I want to listen to your day, I want to do life with you while simultaneously saying what you believe about yourself, I fundamentally disagree with. That is a challenge. And I don't think that we need to pretend that we have that figured out as coffee and Catholics. I mean, we don't. That's why we're doing this. We're trying to figure out what practical ways. I, I think of Mother Teresa. I just, you know, she spent her entire she maybe made, a, I don't know how many people she converted. I don't even, she never talked about that. All she talked about was loving the poorest of the poor, going to that margin, that very deep margin. And people would ask her, how many souls have you converted? And she's like, yes, that's important. And, and we should be speaking truth that will lead to conversion, that allows that generation of the Holy Spirit. But... At the same time, isn't it first about suffering and going to and being present with? So we, so I think to answer your question, that's a really long way to answer your question, Alicia. I think that the key to ticket in is to implicate ourselves in the suffering of those individuals to alleviate pain. Another thing, Alicia, that Father Mike was talking about in his book is um, just a reminder that our good healthy relationships are always going to have boundaries and um 
and this should, you, can, you can have real relationships with people and this, this should be we should have real relationships with people that we disagree with and he says that it is a sign that you love each other as equals loving each other as equals means that we can disagree and still love each other and as we're walk, you know, walking alongside somebody there's that um, mutual acceptance that we're not going to believe the same things at all times and I think that's something that I've kind of run into is that um, that well if because I disagree then that means that I am being unaccepting have trying you know, I think that that's something that a lot of us have kind of experienced is that that if we don't agree then it's unaccepting but we, we have to have those boundaries in our lives as well to protect our own, you know, we, we want to walk along and we need to suffer, you know, there's that suffering with. Well, while you're talking, I also think it's important for us to talk about that there is hurt on the other side too. Like people, a lot of times we're just expected to be okay with everything. And if we really are going to say that we're following church teaching and we agree with church teaching, we can't just follow along with with what society or our friends or family are are doing in this regard. And we there's some pain on the other side too. So because when you say tell them tell your close friend that you want to walk with them on this journey, but you don't agree with everything that they're doing, and they get mad at you, you don't want to hurt their feelings. And there there's like a there's a big struggle going on inside like. How much do you say? How much do you not say? You want to walk with them, but they want you to walk a di- like, go down what cult- the, the, today's culture wants. You know, says it's you know okay to do, and that's not what you want. You know, you don't feel comfortable doing that. So there's a struggle even on the other side of this, and there's pain and suffering. In, in a different type of way. It's not the same kind of pain and suffering. I think we would be not, it wouldn't be fair to not mention that because I think a lot of times people say, well, I want to be accepting, but they want me to be accepting this way and I can't be accepting that way. I think it's a give and take on both sides. So yes, we have to be, we need to walk and suffer with these people that or with our friends and family that are having gender dysphoria or struggling with with how they view their bodies and but at the same time they have to understand that it's not easy for us either mm-hmm. i think there has to be this mutual understanding that this is difficult for both sides if that makes any sense i think a lot of times if you don't agree you know agree with what's going on you automatically you know people are like well then you're never going to understand Mm -hmm. well that's hurtful because i want to understand i want to walk with you i want to be with you there and i'm not going to totally agree with you but that doesn't mean i don't want to be with you we're called to relationship and i want that relationship with you but a lot of times those relationships are just totally severed by one you know somebody on either side mm-hmm. and and I think that we just have to also mention that there there's mutual hurt on b- both sides there are different types of suffering and pain and crosses to bear but both sides have some form of cross to bear in, in a relationship like that 
But I think we're talking about relationship and suffering as well. Like you can't, you can sometimes, but I think when we're talking about, talking about this, I think there are some people who are called to evangelize to people. And that's what we're really talking about is evangelization to evangelize to, um, you know, people outside of a personal relationship to them. Um, but I think that more often than not, we're off, we're called to evangelize to people through that relationship. So before we can suffer with people, most of the time we have to build a relationship. There you with go. Them. Mm-hmm. There it is. And mm-hmm. and who it depends. Like you were talking about, like there's no hard and fixed answer as to how to walk no. through this this with somebody and have that relationship. Because I think there, depending on the situation, depending on your personal relationship with somebody, if you're in a kind of relationship where you're okay with hearing their disagreements with you and they're okay with that as well from your side. You, you can be more open with one another, but if you, and you, you can talk about it and you can evangelize it verbally and hopefully lovingly and charitably to that person. But if you're in a relationship with somebody and they don't want to talk about it, then in those instances, maybe you're called, it's, it's harder. Maybe you're called to evangelize more in the way that you love them. Mm-hmm. Not through your words, mm-hmm. but through just treating them with respect, upholding your your Catholic faith and the doctrines that you believe in, but it's, and making it making it known just through the way that you practice your life and you know mentioning yeah I went to mass today and I really enjoyed it you know that's that's one way to evangelize is just saying you know like this is how this this is how I live out my faith and I'm going to tell you about it because I'm in a relationship with you and they can they can see that but they're not been being bombarded with this you know this message that they're not ready to hear. They're not open to hearing at all. And I think, I think too, I can't remember who said it, but, um, oh, you're talking about Mother Teresa and they were asking her how many souls she converted or how many people she converted. It's, I can't remember who I heard this from, but we're not, we're not called to convert. It's not our job to convert right. other people. It's our job to inform other people. It is God's job to, to, What's the word? Uh, convert. It's did I say convert? Well, she's saying it's our. It's my job to be faithful. To be faithful. God does the conversion. God does the regeneration. Uh, I'm. I am here to love. Yes, exactly. And to be faithful. What he does is his business. She was. She's not. I'm not about his business. I'm about the business he's given me. Yes. No, that's my job is to implicate myself in the suffering of these humans and to love and to smile at them. She talked a lot about that, just eye contact, being interested, asking questions. All throughout his ministry on earth, Jesus was inquisitive. There's like a list of like 40 questions um, that he asked in the New Testament, which is so cool. Like that's a Bible study in and of itself. Asking questions, being interested in someone's life, being interested in their sorrows and their sufferings. And my friends that are identify as transgender individuals, and I ask these questions, you know, um, what is it that you want in our relationship? What can I do to show you that I love you? And most of the time, it's honestly just, I just want you to listen to me. I just want you to, like, listen to what I have to say. I need a place to talk about this. I just need a place to talk about it. Because I think... While it's been more mainstreamed and normalized in the in the last probably ten years, 
individuals in this community have spent the majority of their life hiding this, shutting it down, pretending it doesn't exist, um, acting out of it in other opposite ways to try. Um, I, I, it's like, um, like he did, he did mention this in the book too. I have never heard someone, a transgender individual say, I chose this life. This is what I want. They say, oh, that's the opposite. It chose me. And I wish to God that I could be rid of it. And I think that's our entry, entry point right there. Because that's a human experience. I mean, I wish to God that a lot of things didn't happen to me too. So, so I can understand that. So I think it's almost as if that accompaniment starts with what can I under, what can I understand about this experience? I don't understand a lot of it, and I don't agree with this and this. But what can I understand? And then letting that seep in, letting that become a part of you so that you become a part of them and that mutual sharing that belongs to us as a family. I was going to say that a lot of what I think happens when there's this hurt within family or already established relationships where they're going through some of this difficulty in conversation is there's a lot of worry that's keeping... I'm worried about telling my family about this or, oh, my child just told me this and now I'm worried about what I'm supposed to do about it. Like you said, just talk to each other and walk through to... Both sides are going to make decisions that either side, the other side doesn't agree with. Mm-hmm. But being able to have the conversation, and I think that's one of the biggest things, is the lack of communication, worrying about what the other worrying before you've even had the conversation how the other person's going to react and so i think just you know it's padre pio tells us not to worry that god god will take care of it and i know it's easier said than done because there are some really you know i've had lots of friends in the lgbtq community whose parents were not open to listening to them Mm -hmm. and that's really hard and so, it's, like I said, it's easier said than done, but I think a lot of times the, the thing that holds us back is that worry. And, but if we're open and we let people know that we're open to the conversation, I think that that alleviates a lot of that. Well, if we take it off our own plate to solve the problem, if we say, okay, if I enter into these conversations, I don't have to solve their problems. That's not my job. My job is to be here to listen, to witness your pain, to witness what you're going through, and to be a friend. And maybe what you said is exactly it, Stacey. Maybe worry is the ticket. Maybe if we were to do like a little checklist here, a rough checklist of how to begin conversations with your friends who identify as transgender, to let them know that you are a safe spot for them, maybe you start with by saying, what are you worried about? Like, tell me what's on your heart. What are you worried about now? Because I guarantee you, every human, every single day of their life has an answer for that question. Mm -hmm. We are all worried. Every single day of our life, every single one of us, except Padre Pio, is worried. (laughs) Worried. Worried. We're all worried about this or that. Our kids, our parents, our husbands, our job, our money, our food we're always worrying it's the human condition <laughs> and I think that's that's a start what could happen if we just say what are you worried about 
Because if you say that and someone says, hey, I'm worried about how you're going to think when I tell you X, mm-hmm. you're already putting yourself in a vulnerable position to say, okay, let's, let me worry with you. Mm-hmm. Let's pray about it. Let me pray. How well, can I pray? Yeah. Well, and I think, too, this is something that I, a revelation that I came to a while ago, that God brought me to a while ago, is that when I was having conversations with people trying to advance, not, you know, specifically transgender um people who were transgender but like family and friends and such and I was trying to evangelize to them and I would go into the conversation with a mindset that like I am going to convert you (laughs) and like I'm going to give you all the reasons why and you're going to agree and then they didn't agree I think I've talked about this before but they didn't agree and I was just so like dumbfounded like how could they possibly not agree because I've given them all the facts right but then slowly God started working on me and I think with evangelization, especially when it has, it's in so many areas, really. In so many areas, I think maybe even in most areas and most of the time, that when we're, when we're having a conversation with somebody, like, we're talking about like the ticket in, like the ticket into their heart, right? It's not to, I, I, wor- I, I wonder if anybody listening might think, you know, oh, it's the ticket in to try to convert me. It's the ticket oh, yeah. No. You know what I mean? Like, But yeah, no, it's it's the ticket in to like open myself up to be vulnerable and allow you to open up yourself to yes. be vulnerable so that we can have a relationship with one another. And it doesn't always have to be about the topic of transgenderism or yeah. the way that you see yourself or your worries, just being willing to talk both about like the everyday things in your life or whatever, like just how things are going with work and family and friends and just life and then getting a little deeper. And so, so basically what I, I what, what God taught me was that when I'm having a conversation with somebody, yeah, like at the heart of it, I would love nothing more for them to know God and to know the truth of talking specifically about the transgender community, the truth of their body and the way that it was made, that there's there's nothing wrong with you, that you are gorgeous the way that you are. And uh, I, just, I, I, I want nothing more than people to know God's love for them exactly the way that they are. And, and that, that includes like if you are transgender and you have transitioned or you Absolutely. do identify, yes. he loves you exactly the way that you are. Yes. But just like every single person and every single person in every situation, he loves you too much to let you stay that way. Because he wants you to know his love for you the way he made you. So when we have conversations with people, it's not to convert. That's it's truly to love. inspired. I'm so glad that you made that distinction. That when it, yeah, that when we say, "Here's the ticket in," we're not meaning to manipulate you or to try to change you or to get you to agree with us. We want the ticket into the heart so that we can befriend and accompany and alleviate. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for saying that. Because I think really, really important. and I think really God uses us if we allow Him. We are a tool for again bringing His love to people and. God willing, and again, this is this is always something that like I've just learned is in the background. It's it's fundamental and it's so important. But it's God willing, we, I can plant a seed. But if I don't plant a seed, it doesn't mean that I don't love you. 
If you don't ever agree with me for the rest of your life and you are transgender and you, you know, come to the end of your life and you never, you know, had a conversion to the way that I think, I still love you. And I will love you for the end of time because yes. your soul will go on. Exactly. And continue to exist. And you are my brother, you are my sister, and I love you. And as always, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Join us again in two weeks. Until then, may God bless you and may Mary accompany you.